Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farm Her. Hello and welcome to Shining Bright. I'm so happy to be here with you this week. So this week we are talking about outsourcing and making the space for the things that you are good at or the things that you're great at or the things that financially make sense or the things that you just want to do, right? And getting rid of those things that you don't. So it's a cool episode. We're going to be talking to a farmer, Lauren Rudersdorf, who is in Wisconsin, Raleigh's Hillside Farm. You have heard Lauren on our radio show before. She was also on our TV show, Farm Her on RFD TV. Um, in March of 2019. And she is part of the Soil Sisters in Wisconsin. So she appeared on that episode. And I really respect what Lauren has to say. And I know that you all are going to love hearing from her about how they've dealt with on a relatively small farm, but a small farm that is scaling up, how they've dealt with things that they can't handle all of it, right? And none of us can like we all have these things. And um you know, it, it just depends on each person. And we're going to talk about this more about the decisions that that come into play when you need to make one of these decisions. Um, we're also going to get uh, Mr. Alanese on the line later. And I know uh, many of you don't know him, but he is always in this room when we are recording this radio show. He produces it. He uh, is the IT, the operations, the the thing behind the engine behind so many of the things in the backside of Farm Her working, including my sanity. So um, you guys are going to hear a little bit from him about a process that we recently have outsourced at Farm Her and how we decided to do that. And then like once you decide to do that, what you have to think about in uh, order to make that new process work well once you've outsourced it, because that's that's a whole other thing, right? Is is not just finding someone to outsource it to, but setting it up so that you all are going to win in this, right? Like having those processes and, and things in place for your new partners to be able to be successful, because that's what you want when you outsource something. It's not to show that you could have done it better. It's to help them like win the game, because if they're winning, then you and your business are winning. So. I think that is a really important thing. And we're going to talk again more about what went into that decision for us later. But before we get to any of this, um, you guys have heard me talking, 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 and more talking about this class that I just went through. And I I recently finished up the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. It was an honor to be able to be in it. It was a class that I didn't even know that I needed when I uh, was pushed a little bit to sign up by um, a peer. And um, when I did sign up, I kind of thought, oh, I, I still don't have time for this. I'm not sure I'm actually going to do it. And and then when I got in, I, I still went to it the first day thinking, I'm, I'm not sure that I need this. Like I, I need my time more than I need this class. And it turns out that was completely wrong. And the minute I got in there, I realized that I needed to spend more time working on my business and maybe even on myself than what I was allowing myself to do being like just drowning under the details of not having the time to do anything. And so I started this class and very quickly, very early on, they um, laid out that, you know, the biggest thing in so many business decisions, before you think about financials, before you think about, uh, you know, ramifications, before you think about anything else, you need to know what you want. 
What is it that you want to get out of maybe the business as a whole, or maybe one process in the business, or maybe one piece of it, right? Like, what is it you want? And so very quickly, I identified that what I want to do with Farm Her is I want to tell your story. I want to tell the story of Barbara, and I want to tell the story of Michelle, and I want to tell the story of Jana. I want to tell the story of all the women out there that you all connect with. I know that you have a little bit of all of these women in all of you. And I love to tell stories, whether that's through words right here on Shining Bright, whether that's through photographs that come out of my camera, whether that's through the video that you see on the TV show. It all is stories that celebrate women. And that's what I want to do. That That's what I'm good at. So then you identify that as like this corner post, right? Like make sure that you keep that corner post with you. But, you know, when you're making decisions about your business elsewhere, Remember that, you know, in order to to do what you want to do, sometimes you need help. And that help might not always look like an employee. It might look like outsourcing. And especially in the case of a small business, it really might look like outsourcing because you may not be able to hire the right talent or pay the right people or fill up that much time with what you need. So we're going to talk more about um, outsourcing, knowing what you want and making the decisions uh, financially and realistically that surround what you want to make that happen. And that is going to be our outsourcing discussion. So again, here coming up, stick with us. We're going to be talking to Lauren Rudersdorf, who is from Wisconsin, and she is a farmer at Raleigh's Hillside Farm. We'll be right back here on Shining Bright. Welcome to Shining Bright. We are back here. And as we talked about earlier, we are talking about outsourcing and making space for the things that you're good at and clearing off the things that, you know, maybe you're not good at, maybe you don't want to do, whatever that reason might be. So here on the phone, I've got somebody who we've heard from in the past, and I'm glad to have her back. Welcome, Lauren Rudersdorf. Hi, thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So Lauren, we are talking to you from Wisconsin. Is that right? Yep. Did the snow finally melt there? Yeah, it well, it did melt, but it hasn't really heated up too much yet. We've still got a, a weird, cool, I guess it's summer going on. Yeah, yeah. So um, here too in Iowa, it's just, I, I don't even know what's going on with it, but whatever. <laughs> I'm never going to figure it out. Just go with it. Uh, so Lauren, why don't you tell everybody a little bit of background about yourself, maybe what led you into farming and a little bit about what your farm looks like today? Yeah. So uh, I run Raleigh's Hillside Farm with my husband, Kyle. It's a seven acre CSA organic vegetable farm. Um, we are growing on land leased from my parents in southern Wisconsin. We've been there for, this is going on our seventh season. Uh, we've been doing CSA farming since the beginning. For people who aren't familiar, that stands for Community Supported Agriculture. It's a style, or a, rather a business model of farming where you um, kind of sell your shares in the spring, you plant you know, your acre, your two acres, or whatever, whatever amount makes sense to you, and then you deliver a box to those people who sign up for a share in the spring every week throughout the growing season. 
Um, it's a really, really wonderful model of farming because people are prepaying prior to the season, which is obviously really good for buying seeds and fertilizers and all the things that we need that cost money before we're actually have the product grown and ready to be sold. Um, but it's also a really beautiful business model because it's really con- it really connects people to, to a farmer and to a season and to a region um, and the food of that region. So we're really, really passionate about CSA. We started that year one in 2013 and have really been focused on scaling that CSA every year since. Um, and one of the kind of drawbacks of CSA farming that we found over time is that you really have to know how to do so many different things. Yeah. Um, and I know that's true of all types of farming, but we found it to be especially true in CSA because you're, you know, not only a businessman and a employee manager and a grower, you're not just those things. You're also, you know, you're marketing because we're direct to consumer. So we're marketing to individual customers and there's a really strong education piece because we are educating our members on how to use the vegetables. We're also, you know, event hosts because a big component of CSA is that you have people on your farm a couple times a year. Uh, we're administrators because CSA has a lot of little tiny details um, for folks getting their boxes every single week. So it's a beautiful, beautiful model, and we love it, and we've really enjoyed scaling it, and we've really enjoyed, you know, getting into our local community and serving our local community, but it is a really complex business model. So that's um, part of the reason that we've outsourced some things, and I'm so excited to talk about that with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you talked about this a little bit already, but um, from the beginning, I mean, you, you have to do absolutely everything. And and I would equate that to farms all over the place of all different sizes. I would equate that to small businesses, right? Like you have to be every single thing that's going to happen. You have to make that happen. Um, and so from like, tell me a little bit about your evolution in deciding that you needed to outsource. You know what I mean? Like here you are seven years later, like, have you basically done all the things all seven years and now you've kind of gotten to a point, which we'll talk about. Um, but, or, or was it like kind of a growing thing where you're like, we're doing all this and we're going to get rid of this this year. And you know what I mean? Like, or, or has it kind of all just hit? Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. It's kind of happened over time. It's been gradual. Um, some decisions have been completely related to avoiding burnout and focus, focusing on our, you know, our balance and our mental health and our, the strength of our marriage because farming with your partner is really difficult. Um, and some things just happened because we tried it for a year and really realized quickly, okay, we're, we're no good at this. What's the point of spending 100 hours trying to learn how to do this thing that I could just hire someone to do? Right. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been an evolution and, you know, a little bit a, a little bit more each year. The first thing that I'm sure most farmers are doing, or I hope most farmers are doing, um, we outsourced our, not our full accounting, that's something we want to outsource, but, you know, we hired a really wonderful local accountant who works almost exclusively with farmers and small business owners to do our taxes for us. So that was like the first, you know, dipping our toes into outsourcing that, again, I'm sure a lot of people are comfortable with. Yeah. That's probably the first place we started in like, I think it was year two or three. Um, once yeah. we started turning a little bit more of a profit, we were like, oh, wow, we have no idea how this works or um, yeah. what what this is going to look like or if we're going to do it super wrong and then, oh, you know, three times more in taxes than we want to, like we really should work with a professional to kind of figure that out. So that was like our step one. Um, and we still work with that same accountant and we do our own payroll on farm, which again, that's a great place for farmers to outsource, but we do work with him. He does like our W-2s and our filings at the end of the year. And 
whenever I have questions throughout the year, he's kind of on call for us at an hourly rate. And I'm hoping to maybe outsource our full accounting, you know, reconciling at the end of the month pretty soon to him. Because again, as we scale, it's taking more and more time every month to try and figure out those books. And I'm lucky to have an admin background. My off-farm job is in administration, but it's still, I don't, I don't know as much as he knows. So why not, why not use an expert when when you can and when you can afford to? So we feel like we're maybe getting a little closer to being able to outsource that particular item. Yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of been, it's been gradual for us. So on the, on the accounting front, it's like you just peeled back a layer of my brain. So my very first goal with FarmHer, once I realized it was going to be a business and not just a project, was to make enough money to pay the accountant, not myself. Like I, I would rather pay the accountant to do to do the bookwork. That's how much I really don't want to do that, right? So the way yeah. that we work here is I still keep all my receipts, right? And I uh, reconcile them, I guess, with the bank statement and... Uh, my other team members here do that as well for any expenditures they have. So we're accountable for having our receipts and just kind of matching those up and invoices, but then everything else we send off. And it's a big cost, but it's it, it's so worth it, right? I mean, because I think we're going to talk more about this here coming up about how you assess what to outsource um, and you know how you look at that financially. And sure, um, I'm sure you're this way too. You know, I could force myself to do that. But what is my time worth? Like, what yep. is what is my time worth that I could be doing something else or my mental load could be lighter in that area? And I've always known that about accounting. I'm not always the best about that in other areas. So um, coming up here, everyone stick with us. We've got a little bit of time here left in this segment, but, but I want to tell you that you, you need to stick with us because we're going to talk to Lauren more about how she assesses... Um, you know, what's what's going on and um, looks at these things that might need to be outsourced. And uh, we're going to talk more about that because it's not always just the financial piece. Again, it's it's what do you want? And I think that uh, I, I'd love to talk to that more, Lauren, when we come back, because that's kind of a novel thing for me too. Like, what do I want first? And then what financially makes sense? And then let's, let's go forth and figure this out. So again, everybody stick with us. Uh, before we go to break, I want to talk to you about some cool things that we have coming up here at Farm Her. Um, we are just finishing up with some of the events that we've had all spring. You've heard me talking about our grow events and our I Am Farm Her event. They're all done. But looking forward, it's fair season. And so who out there is excited for your county fair? Um, I'm going to be at the Hamilton County, Iowa Fair in the end of July. And I'm also going to be, as is our team, at the Iowa State Fair for all 11 days. We've got an exhibit called Where Agriculture Meets Art. And you can come see that for free in the uh, Horticulture Building. And it is so cool. And for those of you who don't know what building that is, that's the building where the butter cow is. So stop by and see our exhibit, see some of these amazing women who've been part of Farm Her and stick with us. We'll be right back here with Lauren Rudersdorf.
And we are back here on Shining Bright. We are talking to Lauren Rudersdorf and we've been talking about outsourcing. And in the last segment, we talked about, you know, uh, the simple things. I wouldn't say not simple, but the more clear cut things that you're going to outsource, like accounting, which I'm obviously all on board for. Um, But Lauren, as you've marched down the road of growing this farm over the last seven years, I know there's other things that you guys have looked at and said, you know, this, this just isn't working as best it could be, and we need to outsource this. So why don't you tell me a little bit about one of those big things that's maybe recently happened? Yeah, so um, one thing that we outsourced this year um, in full for the first time is our CSA delivery. Because as I was saying before, you know, CSA is a really complex business, and we have a lot of members and a lot of logistics and a lot of things going out every single week of the growing season, which obviously happens to also be our busiest our busiest months weeks of the year because we're harvesting and we're weeding and we're getting everything set and ready to go to restaurants and all of these things so a piece that we kind of we kind of discovered that we wanted to take off our plates last year was our delivery um, and we came to that decision pretty organically we have two kind of main ways we make decisions on our farm one of them is through uh, weekly check-in meetings my husband and I we just meet and we kind of just hash out the week ahead and we hash out the things like, you know, what are we loving? What are we hating? What's going well? What's going bad? Um, so we kind of do that weekly if we can. It's, that's not a perfect science. But then we also meet every winter to really talk about those things much more deeply. You know, what did we love about the 2018 CSA season? What did we, what did we hate? What did we not have the right infrastructure for? What's not working? Is that, are those things that we hate or aren't working? Are those a potential for outsource? So that's one, you know, really strategic way that we make decisions on for our business, but also on what may be a good potential thing to outsource or to scale down or to scale up. Um, But the CSA delivery happened a lot more organically. That happened in really mid-season last year. We actually didn't plan for it at all. We were doing delivery ourselves. We've been scaling up our business, so we were no longer able to fit our delivery into one vehicle. So on Wednesday, we'd pack up our CSA boxes, and then my husband would head out to Madison. I would head out to all the small towns we deliver to, and he was using the minivan we got as a gift when we first started our business. <laughs> I was using our farm truck. And so if anything needed to be harvested by our, by our crew, it couldn't be because all their vehicles were on the road, and neither of us were at the farm. And we we got to mid-season, and we were just exhausted, and we were just – we knew something had to go. It was a really challenging season last year, and we were like, why Why don't we outsource delivery? The boxes don't fit in our vehicles anyway. Our vehicles are on their way out. We're abusing them by taking them on the road and putting major mileage on these vehicles that were really meant for the field in the first place. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just did it on intuition and as a as a solution in a really stressful time because we had a friend who knew a delivery driver who was interested in partnering with CSA farmers. Okay. And then over the winter, we did that much deeper reflection and we, you know, we did the math then because right. last year was kind of a panic mode. We just went for it. But then over the winter, we looked and we said, man, we're still scaling our business. Now things aren't even going to fit in those vehicles anymore. We have to buy a brand new delivery vehicle to make this happen and hire probably a part-time employee just to be our delivery drivers for Wednesday and our Tuesday and Thursday restaurants. What if we just stop doing all delivery altogether? We just outsource, outsource this completely to this guy we already have experience working with, loved, did a great job, talked to him about his rates, put it into our budget and really kind of looked at, then we're going to gain, you know, a whole day and a whole half day. And what can we scale up in our production to make up for that? And it was, once we did the math, it was a 
super clear cut answer. Isn't that funny how, you know, like you have this inkling and, and you kind of think this might make sense, but then you're not sure. And then you put it on paper and it just makes it so black and white, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is sometimes, you know, sometimes you put it on paper and it's so black and white, but sometimes, you know, for this last year, maybe it wasn't, you know, we didn't budget for it. We didn't plan for it, but sometimes, I think our happiness is also more important and needs to be taken into account. I think it's really easy as farmers to think we have to do it all and to think that we're supposed to do it all and to think that, you know, outsourcing something that's costing us $8,000 a year is outrageous when we have such small margins, but we hated delivery. We hated it. It was our least favorite part of our job. We're like, my husband's meant to be in the fields growing things. I'm meant to be talking to CSA members and communicating and educating them and giving them an amazing experience. We're not meant to be driving around. Um, So sometimes it makes sense in the numbers and sometimes it just makes sense in your heart too. (laughs) It definitely does. I I am so with you there because, you know, um, here's the bottom line. If you guys aren't happy in what you're doing and you're going to burn out because of one thing that's eating you alive, then get that off your plate, right? So that you can keep doing this if this is what you want to do. And so that's such a smart way of thinking about it. Um, So I have a few questions specific to the CSA delivery outsourcing. Um, Like, so you you, magically, this guy appeared in your network, right? That, that was looking for this kind of work. And I think that sometimes those are the things too, that make you go, okay, this is weird. This appeared here and we need to get rid of this. So, um, but how did you figure out like the details or was this something that he was already doing with other farms? So maybe there was already a set procedure in place or did you have to kind of go through and create a procedure for him? We did have to go in and create a procedure for him. The wonderful thing about working with a delivery company that's small scale, that's another, you know, small business, small entrepreneur in our local area is he was pretty excited and willing to work with us and to figure out those logistics together. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend outsourcing through a big, you know, speedy delivery or a big, a big company. Maybe that will work for you if you've got a really straightforward delivery. CSA is not straightforward. It's different things going out every every week and a lot of drop sites. And um, we have a couple work site uh, drop sites, so you have to call a person who works there who lets you into the building. It is definitely not straightforward. Right. Um, and we, if we wouldn't have had this, you know, again, random kind of connection fall into our lap, I would really recommend being open and honest about your business when you're seeking out a, a partner. Um, tell them Tell them about the quirks. Don't don't sugarcoat it and be like, oh, it's going to be super easy. Yeah, just do our <laughs> deliveries for us. Like, make sure you sit down. We sat down. We had a conversation with him. We really kind of walked him through our whole through our whole format for that day and helped him understand. You know, he took notes. He followed up, gave us a quote, asked questions. Um, so, I mean, that did take some time. And this year, now that he's doing our restaurant deliveries, which are equally, equally confusing and ever-changing. Um, I, I make him printed out delivery dockets every single week, so he's got a really straightforward clipboard that says, you know, you're going to this address, you're dropping off this many boxes, you're picking up this many boxes, you're talking to this person if you have concerns or questions. Um, and so now, instead of spending, you know, 12 hours on the road every week, I'm spending two hours at my computer preparing these docu- these dockets for him that are really straightforward. So you're not going to outsource, you know, all of the work, but the the structure of your work might shift a little bit. And I, again, have an admin background. So that's way more fun for me doing that kind of work than being on the road. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and what a better use of your time. Like you said, if, if this is, um, you know, the way that you guys need to go, I mean, and it's such a smart thing to look at your time management, right. And, and saying, I, uh, gained 12 hours back. I'm using two of it to make this work efficiently and that's okay. And that's all good. So we actually have so much more to talk about and we're at the end of the segment. So if you have time, Lauren, I want to bring you back for one more uh, segment here because uh, this is a really interesting subject and I have even more questions about how it's working. And I know if I have those questions, I know others out there listening do too. So uh, we're going to bring Lauren back here and we're going to keep this conversation going because I want to know about how her customer reaction has been with this. And I want to know how, you know, internally it's um, kind of worked for you guys as well. I mean, it sounds like it's going good, but I'm sure there's a few more details we can talk about. So everybody, thank you for joining us here on Shining Bright. Don't forget to check out farmher.com. I mentioned those events in the last segment. The events tab there tells you where we're going to be. We'll be right back here with Lauren Rudersdorf. This is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa, in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes, such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. Welcome back to Shining Bright. And we are back with Lauren because we've got more to talk about with this. So when we were talking about, Lauren, the outsourcing of your CSA delivery, um, the other question other than, you know, the process, you know, and it sounds like you've got that process and oversight down with your delivery driver. Um, Tell me about the the value of clear communication in that process with him. And then also how your customers have felt about it and how that's gone over there because that CSA delivery is one of your touch points every week, right? Yeah, well, for us, it never really was. So it isn't luckily too much of a problem. We, um, we use drop, drop sites for our CSA. Okay. We have 14 different drop sites and the driver drops off in a garage or on our front porch sometime during the day, so between, let's say, noon or 4 p.m., um, and then the customers can get there as soon as that site opens at noon all the way till 8 o'clock at night. And so we're actually not manning, we were never manning those sites, okay. mostly because we have a bigger CSA, and um, that just wasn't ever part of the experience that was important to us. Yeah. We, we get that, you know, those touch points and that customer connection through both our farm events that we have. We have a couple every year but also through a really, really well-developed and um, pretty, I don't know, pretty intensive, comprehensive, whatever the word would be for it, CSA newsletter and CSA resources. Um, so that's always been kind of our, I don't know, our special sauce, our claim to fame. We've all, we're always getting customers or retaining customers because we have such deep 
knowledge of how to cook with our products, how to store our products, how to um, how to preserve our pro- all that stuff. We're really, really good at knowing that, which most farmers are. You're probably the you're probably the authority on how to use your veggies or whatever you're growing. Um, and I really enjoy spending my time on that. So it's actually pretty wonderful hiring the delivery driver really allowed me to put even more energy into that thing that I already knew I was so good at developing those resources and curating those resources, getting those resources out in a timely fashion. Um, So in a lot of ways, by outsourcing delivery, we actually are strengthening the connection with our CSA customers, at least. The negative side to it would be more on the chef and restaurant side of things. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of chefs really like seeing the farmers every week. Um, and we definitely, we definitely have noticed that we're losing that connection. It didn't luckily matter too much for us because, you know, at those annual retreats that my husband and I have, we've been wanting to scale up our CSA and scale down our restaurants and our wholesale accounts. Um, while maybe picking up a couple grocery stores who don't care as much about that connection because it's more about just, Hey, we have a reoccurring order. Um, so it's changing kind of the nature of how we work with restaurants and wholesale accounts. But again, that. We did, we did think about that when we thought about outsourcing delivery was, oh, we might lose the connection with the chef. Do, do we care? Is that where we're spending a lot of energy in our business? Yeah, not really. It, it, it made it worth it for us. Um, the only other negative thing from restaurants that is, this is probably the biggest downside um, of working with a delivery service is we use reusable crates. So every week boxes go out, every week boxes come back. We ask restaurants to save them for us. I knew all the sneaky places where they would hide them so I could go collect them when I was doing the delivery myself. Now we are seeing a little bit of a loss of our of our crates, of our expensive infrastructure because the delivery guys, you know, they're they're paid per hour, they're trying to go fast for us, which we super appreciate, but they're not always, you know, as diligent about tracking those crates down. So I created a new kind of tracking spreadsheet for that. So hopefully we know where the things are and where they aren't. So maybe I'll do pickups once a month to go find those. Um, that's one little funny thing we found that's definitely a con of using a delivery service. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those things pop up with whatever it is you're outsourcing, I think, right? Like, and, and you have to get into the process before you realize that. And, and I love your use of a spreadsheet to track that. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be an end all. It doesn't have to be a, oh my gosh, this is not working. Like, let's figure out what we can add into this process. So, um, I'm fresh off this class and, and one of the biggest things that we've been learning about is, you know, processes and, and I have heard you say over and over and over again that, you know, it might be painful to like detail out these processes, but once you do, things can work really efficiently, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and my husband both, we, we love processes and creating systems and, you know, spreadsheets. We have so many (laughs) spreadsheets for our farm. Um, but you know, the dockets, all of that, really figuring out how to systematize something and make it straightforward and, I do think we're doing it the strongest we ever have this year. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with it being our seventh season, but I also know a lot of it has to do with outsourcing and that, that time we're getting back, it's some of it's going into the fields, but some of it is going into working on our business and strengthening our business and making cleaner processes and systems. And yeah, so grateful for that. And I know you've outsourced just very quickly, a few of the other things that you've kind of identified in your business. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those? Yeah, so one of them is actually related to admin because I do have all these spreadsheets and there is all of all of these systems that are being set into place every single week. Um, we 
we two years ago recruited an admin assistant worker share. So worker share is someone who they work three to five hours a week during the CSA season in exchange for their vegetables. Oh. Um, it's a really common practice on CSA farms. A lot of CSA farms are having those folks in the field. We have a couple of those folks in the field. So maybe they help with harvest day or they help with bagging or packing or washing, whatever. And I realized last year, even though I'm good at admin and even though I enjoy admin, I still didn't quite have enough time to get all of my admin stuff done. And I really wanted a second pair of eyes on some of my most, I don't know, my more meticulous spreadsheets. And so we found, we, you know, posted on Instagram that we were looking for someone with an admin background who might even have skills that I don't have uh, to support us three to five hours a week during the season. And so we're working with a woman. I send her things over um, Google Drive or Google Docs, um, over email, and she's really she second guesses my CSA counts every single, or she double checks my uh, CSA counts every single week. That is so valuable to me because that's really complicated. That's the place where you can accidentally forget to deliver a box, and then you're running to Madison on a night that you could have been relaxing. So mm-hmm. she's double checking all my counts for me. She's entering our harvest data. She's entering a lot of our data from the field. Um, so that was a really a really wonderful thing that we outsourced a couple of years ago, helping me just not have to do some of that really mundane data entry that she doesn't mind doing. Yep. Um, and then another thing we outsource is we don't grow 100% of the vegetables for our CSA. We actually buy in a couple of the crops that are really hard for us to grow. Mm-hmm. We do this carefully, and we don't want to. We don't want to be buying in 50% of our produce, but. At those retreats in the winter, we've discovered a couple things that really just don't make sense for us to grow, one of them being asparagus and one of them being potatoes. Um, Potatoes largely because we don't have a lot of acreage and we don't have the right equipment, and we come from a state that produces a ton of potatoes, even organic potatoes, in central Wisconsin. So this year we're going to be buying in like three-quarters of our potatoes because these people are growing them better than we could because they have the right equipment. And so that was a really easy decision. There's always those couple crops that you're like, man, this is just agony every year. My CSA members want it and they expect it and we want them to have it, but it doesn't make sense. This one really, we did the numbers. It didn't make economic sense for us to grow it anymore on such a small scale. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's switch gears because um, we're almost out of time and um, you have done a great job identifying what you're good at and what you can get off of your plate. And one of the things that I know you are so good at is the communicating aspect. So you have something that other people can outsource to you, correct? Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Starting um, this year, I'm actually offering recipe development services and newsletter support services to other CSA farmers. Um, I'm so excited about it. It's something, you know, I've been doing the seven years of our CSA business, and it has been my favorite part. I love the farm work too, but I love creating recipes featuring produce and writing those weekly newsletters. So I am looking for more clients to support CSA farmers who really don't enjoy doing that or aren't good at it. Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. You guys can find her at theleekandthecarrot.com. Hi, this is Margie geiler Alanis. Next week on Shining Bright, you won't want to miss this one. If you couldn't join us here in Des Moines for our recent I Am Farm Her conference, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about some of the things that we learned. We're going to talk about some of the fun takeaways and just share some of the stories that went on behind the scenes. So this is a Shining Bright you won't want to miss next week.
Welcome back to Shining Bright. Wasn't Lauren wonderful in talking about the ways that she assesses her business and herself and her personal needs and her husband's needs? And and they really have a grasp on working on their business. And they kind of have that like 30,000 view um, while being down in the details, down in the dirt, if you could. So I really love her perspective. Again, you can find Lauren at theleekandthecarrot.com, which is her website. Uh, she's the leek and the carrot on Instagram too. So always posting cute stuff. So definitely check that out. So here in this next segment, we're going to be talking a little bit internally about how we've dealt with some of these things at Farmhurst. So um, I'm going to start with telling you a little story. And that story starts a couple years ago. And as our team was growing, we wanted to think about some office space. And um, the office space that we could find in the area that we wanted it to be for the price that we wanted was half office, half warehouse. And so at that time, we made the, we wanted the office, right? And we made the decision to um, bring in the fulfillment of our merchandise. So it was at a place here uh, just outside of Des Moines. And we had a partner in that and they, they did the printing as well. And, um, you know, there was there was some hiccups here and there. And then we brought it in-house. And um, I think we quickly realized that those same hiccups existed when we brought it in-house. And so we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that process there. But we kept it in-house for two years. And um, starting this winter, Tony and I started having these discussions about, like, should we be doing this on our own? Like, sometimes it felt kind of like... I, I don't know. Like I, it was just like Lauren talked about like this feeling of like, this doesn't feel quite right. And how in the heck are we going to scale it? Or like when things happen, like, oh, you know, Christmas, <laughs> holiday sales, those things scaling uh, when it's not what you do every day is, is really tough. And when you work with your spouse and, you know, you want to enjoy Thanksgiving, <laughs> for example, you know, those can seem even more tough. So Tony is here. Tony, for all of you who don't know, he is my better half. He is uh, the farm IT. He keeps all the things rolling. Whenever we come up with new crazy ideas here, he researches it and figures out how we can implement that. He is wonderful at using technology to um, make all of our processes work here. So Tony, welcome. Hey, I'm glad to actually have a voice. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of funny. It's not really welcome. Tony is always Tony produces the show, so he's always here in, in the studio, and um, so he intimately knows everything about all the things we talk about here on Shining Bright, of course. But so Tony, I want to talk to you a little bit about when you know we started thinking about like should we outsource this again and. What are the things that you started thinking about at that point? Um, because, you know, like that gut feeling was already there that we, we should start thinking about this. And, and one thing I can say, I sat down with um, a pen and paper, really, you know, or actually it was the notepad on my phone. And I started um, looking at the costs associated, like really, really being honest about the costs associated with doing that in-house because while it was easy and it was kind of fun and it was nice to have the shirts there and, you know, we could just kind of like move stuff around, uh, the reality showed us very quickly on paper that that was a luxury that we couldn't afford to have. We actually save money by outsourcing it, right? Right. I mean, when you look at the warehouse space and how often it was being used, uh, you look at the software to run that, you look at... Uh, uh, the person that's actually working back there for a half a day, touching it. And of course, the coverage issues were 
uh, we have an employee that wants to take a vacation or I want to take a vacation and we have to shuffle everybody around and, and reschedule. So there'll be somebody there packing and shipping and fulfilling the orders. And while we had to manage all of that, it was still nice having an office. You know, you get to go in, you get to see the people, you get to uh, um, actually see your merchandise and see the warehouse and see that things are actually happening. But at the end of the day, um, I was really happy that we made that decision to get rid of the warehouse because, well, it was... It was one of those monkeys getting off your back? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And not to be selfish, but yeah, I, I wanted it off my back. And, and the girl we had working back there, Selena, who we miss uh, a lot. Yes. Um, you know, she when she was she decided she was going to go do something else, and I was like, do we really want to take that back on and get another employee? So again, we don't have to do any of the ramping up and all that. And I was looking for a partner. And we had that partner. Um, we had worked with this company called Young Shirtworks before. Uh, they did our warehousing at the very beginning, but we decided to take it inside because we, well, we wanted to try that challenge. And uh, it was so great to get back there and get back with them. And, and they already knew our processes. And so we just took right off. But So on, on that note, I think that's, to me, the biggest key, because um, this is the same company that we used to outsource something to before, right? And maybe it felt like there was some hiccups in the process before. And I think it all boils down to communication and processes. And so the other thing you guys don't know about Tony is he is the king of process. He is the organizational person. And so, um, Tony, tell me a little bit about how you, I guess, reapproached that when we went back. And and so far, so good, right? Like, And, and nothing is without hiccups. And, and I think that's one thing we've learned. But how did you go about structuring the processes so that our new partner, Shirtworks, could be successful? Because um, it's great to to know that like we did it best, right? And and you know, as a, as a small business owner and um, you know, person who does these things, you you tend to think sometimes like, well, I'm the only one who can probably do this right, and that's yeah. actually not true. Um, but but as good as it feels to be right, I think I want Young Shirtworks to be right. I want them to have all the tools, right? So tell me just like real quickly how you started to think about what you could equip them with to make them successful. Well, I think the one thing that you have to do is make sure um, you give them everything they need to, to succeed. And that sounds obvious, but really, I mean, make a huge list like we have for our shirt creation and adding to the storefront. And here's every single mm-hmm. step. And when they look through it, uh, they can see, okay, well, this is why um, we have to make the skew at this point. And this is why we have to put it into the warehouse at this point. So they're a partner and they really are on board with and ha- are invested in the way that you want to to do business and you want to enable them uh, to do the best job they can. Unfortunately, in the past when we did it, uh, I don't think we had the processes in place for them to succeed. And so we just had to make sure we had the list and the list is, you know, here's 60 steps to produce a shirt, put it on the website and follow this and do it the same way every single time and complete the task as quickly and as accurately as possible. In my past life, when I worked uh, at a large insurance company, Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we we had a process where we had literally 70 people working on, on something. And we went through a downsizing period where we kept on paring down. And next thing you know, we go from 70 people to two people running the whole thing. And in doing so, that's where we learned the love of the list. You have to have the list that you follow every single time. And people roll their eyes, but it's a, it's an easy thing to do. And you need to do it. I think you just came up with like a new shirt for all of you out there who are list lovers, the love of the list (laughs) for the love of the list. But 
but it's true. And, um, you know, for me, I find myself running too fast, too furious sometimes. And I, I don't write those things down, but that process is super key. And that's what helps you clearly communicate to our new partner in outsourcing merchandise. Right. Um, and vice versa. So, um, it's it's pretty magical once it starts to all click together. So on that note, uh, if you haven't checked out farmher.com in our shop section, we have all kinds of cute merchandise out there. And our lovely partner, Young Shirtworks, uh, not only uh, helps us on all angles of that, but they will pack that up and ship that out to you right away. So uh, there is specifically a 2019 summer collection out there that I want you to check out. There's uh, a few new things that have dropped into there recently. I'm sure you've seen them if you check out our social media, but some fun new shirts. And um, I definitely would encourage you to check that out. Those things are always changing. We will have some fall stuff out before you even know it. So with that, stick with us. We'll be right back on Shining Bright. Hi, I'm Margie. I'm a photographer from Iowa with a passion for sharing the stories of women in agriculture through my project Farm Her. Join me on this journey for Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show, all about women doing great things, women who are making the ordinary extraordinary, following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. And don't forget, you can always catch Shining Bright by Farm Her on the radio, Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. We are back here on Shining Bright. So while we were just at break, uh, Tony pointed out something really, really great to me. And I, I wanted to continue this conversation. It It is not ever without a few hitches in it, right? I mean, whether right. we're doing it internally and taking all that stress on ourselves or whether we're doing it externally, I mean, it's still a people-driven process. And so, Tony, what, what was it that you just said to me? Yeah, well, I mean... we. You have to come to a point where you look at each other and you go, this will not be perfect. Okay. There's nothing that you do in business is going to be perfect. You're, oh, hold on. Well, <laughs> I'm of, just kidding. Of course, my uber intelligent wife would say no. that. Uh, the thing is, is that it won't be perfect. And you have to have an exchange. If you're going to work with other human beings, you have to have a level of acceptance that there will be a shirt that is shipped incorrectly. Uh, there might be a problem where in the, the, the print production process, and we might not be completely happy of what we get. But in doing so, you're exchanging all that responsibility so you have freedom and you can work on other things that can drive the business or not drive the business, just have some free time with your spouse, you know, where we're not talking about t-shirts all the time. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Uh, well, I think that that's important. And, and, you know, knowing that, like, it goes back to no one thing is going to be perfect. And so having having some of that comfort in there's going to be some errors, but, but what is it that when those errors happen, what, what is it that you do? I'm interested to hear that, um, tries to make it so that maybe there's a less chance of that going forward. Well, I try to make it Tony proof, you oh. know, uh, the thing that I do is I rush and I make all these mistakes. Again, it's the love of the list, but when I find something that's like, there's a gap in it, I make sure I actually talk to my vendor there's so many times that you have this this um, kind of relationship that's based off of, well, you just take care of it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just go ahead. I don't care. Well, you do care and you need to talk to them and you need to coach them and they need, and you need to listen to their coaching too and change your process so it fits in. Yeah. You know, an example would be like the POs uh, for when we work with shirts. Purchase shirt orders. Yeah. They wanted it uh, in a certain format. We negotiated it back and forth so it can actually be in a format we can both use. And so that was a win. You have to do that. So you can't cross your arms and say, hey, it's my way or the highway. You have to find the problem and fix it in a way yeah. that works for both of you. I find this interesting. Uh, we've had uh, multiple different processes for the shirts over the years. It's been a learning a learning curve, a learning like mountain um, of, of how to deal with the merchandise that we have. And we love the merchandise and the people out there that uh, wear it love it. Yeah, but, love it. Um, you know, I used to work with a different vendor in another state and they were wonderful. We, we switched locally for a number of reasons just because of ease of use mostly. But... Um, you know, they had super defined processes on their end, which actually being somebody who didn't really know what they were doing, I found that wonderful. I loved that. And uh, the couple times that I tried to push them to change their procedure, they wouldn't. But, you know, um, that's not why I left. The, the issue was that in order to have the quality that they had, and they had super high quality, they were they were wonderful, but they had processes that they they kind of were like, you know what? No, we can't change that because this X, Y, Z. And they communicated that very clearly. So I never felt like I wasn't being listened to. Um, but I that communication, you mentioned a few words there. Uh, you mentioned negotiation. Mm-hmm. And negotiation doesn't have to mean like a fight back and forth. It's more of just a discussion. Like, hey, we both have sides that we want to talk to about this. And then you mentioned coaching. And I think that's an interesting um, word to use when you're when you're talking about these things and working with other people, coaching. Uh, how would you define that, and how you you help somebody else um, see your side, I guess, or just or, as the word means, you yeah, know, you yeah. know, try to mentor them and show them. Okay, look, if we do it this way, this is what will break on my side. If we do it this way, this will work on my side. Yeah, and we'll catch errors. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So there's great value in the back and forth and. The, the biggest thing that I've seen from kind of the out, I'm not on the outside, but the outside looking in is, is we've re-outsourced this process is um, communication, communication, communication. Like it's and Lauren said this, you know, she uh, gave up this uh, CSA delivery and got back 12 hours every week, but she still had to spend two hours every week to make sure that that CSA delivery was successful. And I would say from my point of view, it's the same with you, right? Like you got rid of a massive amount of, of the oversight, but you still are there. You still are communicating. Yeah. You're still giving them hours of your time. It's just way less hours of your time, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a partnership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, everybody, this has been a cool episode to talk about, and it's just flown by. I think we're going to need to schedule another one for some time in the future because, um, as we know, we we aren't all perfect at doing all the things all the time. And uh, even if we are for a little bit of the time, at some point, something's got to give. And so, outsourcing and making space. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Shining Bright. Hey, don't forget to call us at 515-444-5261. We might play your message on the air. Thanks. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhood. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM's Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. And now, go shine bright.